my friends, welcome to the Divine Your Life podcast. My mission in this podcast, in this life, in my job is to help align the mind and body with deep healing so you can access your truth and your power and divine your life. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you do, please share, like, comment, review all the things. I appreciate you so much, and let's dive right in. Hello, listeners of Divine Your Life Show. I hope you're having an amazing week. This week's episode is just me. It's raw, it's vulnerable, it's real. It's overcapping everything that's happened in the last two months. And oh my gosh, I just felt so called to sit down and write this. And I'm actually feeling nerves because I know what's to come is such a vulnerable message with so much potency around how I am where I am today. I'm going to give you some tangible tools that I've been practicing over the last two months to find myself in this state that I am in right now, which is the most high quality present state that I've ever been in in my entire life to date. And I can say that with all honesty. And it was a lot to get here. It took a lot. And if you followed my journey at all, then you know that it's taken moves and breakups and heartache and goodbyes. And it's taken all the things to get me where I am today. But as I look up today, as I just look outside of my balcony right now, talking to you here, I know that everything had to happen exactly how it had to happen for me to get here. So let's just dive in. And I want to talk to you today about how to be of your life, not just in it. Again, I'm going to give you some tools and some resources and and ways in which I have navigated going from this hyper aroused state and just searching, seeking outside of myself for answers and validation, which is something we do so much to understanding that if I cultivate the feeling first, the clarity and everything that I desire with it will come. So quick, first, first, a quick overview of the past two months for me from moving outside of Denver back to my hometown, Austin and leaving behind a relationship, landing in Austin, feeling completely overwhelmed and uncertainty as I was changing and navigating my career and what that looked like, who I was, and just building a new life here in a space and place where I grew up and there was a lot of trauma and hurt. Austin for me is where I grew up. It is the space that I have encountered all of my trauma. It's a space that I lost myself completely. I was at the height of an eating disorder in a career that was just giving me chronic anxiety and stress. And to come home to it and face it and see all the parts of me was beautiful, right? There was a duality there. It was like the part of me that saw how far I had grown and transcended and how much I have moved through in the same part of me that was still triggered and hurt by the people, the places, the things in myself that had hurt me and abandoned me and betrayed me and lied and stilled and all of these things. And so it was really hard when I first landed back home to face the things that were waiting for me. And I know that can be true for some of us who have moved away and then go home to visit, right? And we're like, oh my gosh, nothing's changed. And here I am again. And it's almost like we conform to this identity of who we were. So for me to really establish myself here, to really find myself again and make sure that I was able to hold in congruence the version of me today against all of those past versions of me that I see everywhere I go was really huge. And that was the first thing that I had to do right when I moved home, I had to rehome my puppy who I loved more than anything. And when I say I had to rehome him, I'm so in tune with my intuition 
And I knew that he would be happier somewhere else and that I had to do this. And I didn't know why at the time. And it was heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. I mean, it was horrible. And I gave him to a family with a big backyard and a pool and lots of other puppies and kids. And he's so happy. And still my heart was breaking because I didn't have the logistic around why I had to do it. I mean, I knew that I lived in a small place and that I was going to be moving really quickly and I wanted to build this career and I love to travel, but I still didn't know why I had to give him up, right? There was just so many things. I didn't know exactly why I had to leave the relationship. I wasn't even clear on why I had to leave Denver to come to Austin. In fact, when people were asking me, it was because I had intuitively felt called and that was my answer. And that was the truth. I didn't know. I didn't know why I was called to be here. And now I'm looking up and I'm looking out and I see it. And if you're in a season of so much uncertainty where you feel like everything is being thrown at you or ripped from under you and you are so exhausted of the push and pull, I'm here to invite you that you are exactly where you need to be. Oh, and that can be such a hard truth, but it is true that you are exactly where you need to be, my love. Exactly. I am a different human today than I have ever been in my entire life. And the quality of my life is greater than ever before. And here's why. I went with my intuition instead of against it time and time and time and time and time again. And of course, we have to have that discernment and that ability to listen to our intuition. But when I found it and I was called to Austin against all odds, because no part of me thought I was ever going to come back here, I listened. I was brave. I was bold. And I listened. I took one, I made one decision to say yes to Austin. And then everything unfolded from there. I remember coming to visit and looking for a place and not finding a place, but being on a podcast that got me like huge exposure and then meeting the connection of someone who made a connection to someone and getting three clients right away and then being able to help more people in just a visit in Austin. And it was so clear and merge landed in Austin. Things started to come through. It was like God said, you listened and now I'm providing and I'm showing you. But but we often think that clarity is going to come before the decision. We think that we have to be clear in order to move, but courage comes first. Clarity comes second. Confidence comes second. And if we're waiting to be fully confident and fully clear for ourselves to move, we'll be waiting forever and we'll never get that courage. We'll never get that courage. And I have led with more courage in the past six months than ever before in my life. I mean, I was a girl who couldn't even vacation on her own. And now she's moving cities on her own all the time and doing everything independent. And it's been beautiful and it's been hard. And I just wanted to give a little recap because I'm not perfect and I didn't navigate that perfectly. But what I learned in it is that leaning into my intuition above all logistical reasoning at times has been the most potent, powerful, transcendent thing that I could ever possibly do for myself. So now here I am. I'm sitting in my apartment in Austin, Texas. I got back from Hawaii yesterday, which is a whole other story that we're going to get into. And I'm sitting here and I have so much clarity. I have so much clarity, not necessarily about the trajectory of my life and what I'm doing and where I'm going and what's next, but who I am, who I am. And I think oftentimes we, we think that the feeling is going to be the aftermath of the product, but really if we cultivate the feeling, if we can feel this good inside of our body right now today, the product is the symptom, the things to come, the alignment to come, the opportunities and clarity to come are extensions of the feeling that we create and cultivate in our body right where we are at. And if you're like, oh, Brittany, but you don't know where I'm at. I don't care. 
you're alive and breathing. There is breath in your lungs. There's people that love you. There is a space where you can plant your feet on solid ground and earth and get in tune with its pacing. And you have so much to be grateful for. I'm here to remind you of that because trust me, it took a lot of reminding of myself (laughs) and I'm not here to preach at you. I'm here to walk with you. So here is how I started to change my life. Here is how I started to get into this state of presence, the state of intuition, knowing and loving God and trusting myself in a full capacity. And before I get into these steps, I want to talk about trust a little bit because trust fuels all of life. Your system is built with a very complex algorithm to keep you alive, safe, and on a nonverbal level, we are constantly trusting ourselves, right? We trust our bodies to move on our behalf. We trust that the universe is going to get up in the morning and circulate at 365 days a year and that we are going to be, our basic needs are going to be met. We trust that. We trust that, right? And so we have to learn to trust ourselves in that same capacity, undeniably, without thinking, automatically knowing that anywhere we are placed, we can handle it and we can trust ourselves in that way. And the trust that I have built with myself is the very driving force that allows me to go anywhere in the world and do anything that I want to do and say yes to opportunities, to say no to opportunities, because I trust myself above all else. And my trust isn't outsourced in other people's actions or expectations. And it's definitely not in monetary values or things or materialistic things for the first time in my entire life. And so I got here first by becoming the observer of my life. I was so, when I first moved to Austin and I got in this apartment and I was completely obsessed and fixated on getting it up and perfect with everything hanging on the wall, making sure it was cute, I realized halfway through that I was doing that because I felt so unsafe and unclear and unsettled within my body that I was trying to cultivate and create a safety outside of myself. And for me, that looked like my apartment because I had just made this huge drastic change. I had ripped the rug from under me and don't get me wrong. Like we deserve nice things and we need to be held and create safe spaces because environments are huge. But I was overexerting myself, trying to create a feeling outside of me that I couldn't feel within me. And when I noticed that, and I started to, I remember sitting on the floor of my naked, empty apartment with white walls sitting there just like defeated, like, okay, it's not coming together. And even when it does, I don't feel better. And I looked up at my blank walls and I thought, what a beautiful blank wall. (laughs) What a beautiful, expansive piece of white space that I get to create. And what if instead of throwing things at the wall and seeing what's stuck, I intentionally placed a beautiful piece of artwork when it comes across me on that wall to signify that I am intentional, that I am present, that it feels good, that I do something intentionally rather than just erratically to try to create and cultivate a feeling. And it was in that moment I was like, where do I do that in life? Where do I throw things up on the wall and and add clutter and chaos because I want to feel something? And then that took me through a whole spiral. And again, that was such a God inkling, right? Because then I started to say, where do I reach for things? Well, what do I do when I feel alone? And all of a sudden I started to realize just how much I reached towards men or how much I stepped outside and would look around for my soulmate because I was just yearning for completion and wholeness and fulfillment. And I decided in that moment, no more, no more. I I decided in that moment for 30 days, I was going to become completely consciously aware of what I gravitated gravitated towards and for fulfillment. So on May 31st, that's exactly what I did. I made a promise to myself and I started with the masculine, with males. And for me, it was trying to navigate through communication with my ex. And I so 
so intentionally asked him to give me these 30 days and he so beautifully honored it and all men any casual meetings or coffee meetings i just canceled them all and i said i'm going all in on me and my relationship with god and then slowly i started to see other areas in my life like working out like although that's a beautiful outlet i used to do that to just create a sensation and a feeling of productivity and then i would be there for two hours and then i would get down on myself there was just all of these tricky sneaky ways that i would go outside of myself to outsource a feeling and it might be a quick hit but it didn't sustain me and i became the observer of my life i watched myself more clear than i ever have before i watched where i went to grab or where i went to ask for validation or where i would go to seek how many people liked what i posted to make sure that my content was good enough i was just all of a sudden becoming so observant of myself I stepped away from the distractions and the gratitude began to land so deeply because often what happens in life is we don't give ourselves any opportunity to be grateful. We're moving at such a rapid fire speed. We don't even stop and reflect on everything that we have to be grateful for, how far we've come, what we've already drawn in and cultivated today. We're so obsessed with what's next. And I started to observe everything. The human that walked up to me, I started to look at them in their eyes. I started to notice their posture. I started to see if I could feel into how they were feeling today and what they were really saying underneath the conversation. I started to go on walks. I started to look at the wildflowers and I wouldn't just look at them. I would stop and I would look at them, their intricacy, how different they were, just like us, how unique each wildflower was. It was beautiful. And then I started to look up at the sky and I would just stop. I would stop on walks and I would look up at the sky and watch the clouds go. And people would be driving by me looking at me and I didn't give a shit. I did not give a shit. I was starting to become the observer and I was starting to feel the depth of my human experience. And it conditioned me to notice. And I tapped into a superpower through this. I was like just noticing, noticing myself, witnessing myself, noticing where I went to in conversations, where I would go first when someone would ask me how I am, noticing that trail of thought of, oh, I'm good, but this, that, and this every time. And then being like, wow, okay, so I really fixate on these three areas. I really talk about guys a lot. I really talk about career a lot. What if I were to just be honest, tune in and tell them exactly how I'm feeling in this moment today and everything that I'm grateful for? I just became aware of everything, of my thoughts, of my feelings, of my reactions, my tendencies, my habits. And it's it sounds like a lot, but when you get on this path, when you are convicted that as soon as you learn to know yourself, you'll be able to then better recreate yourself and shift that identity, you are devoted to this mission, I will promise you. And where it felt overwhelming at first, just noticing all of my vices and tendencies, it became like second nature. And I started to become the observer of my life. I was just, I was of my life. I wasn't just in it, identifying with it in the 3D reality, surviving and going through, but I started to zoom out and out and out and out. And every single day I started to notice parts of myself, little sweet nuances that I wanted to change and shift or ones that I wanted to amplify. And it was so beautiful. And the self-awareness triumphs over any productivity hack, anything that anyone could ever tell you. And so that is the first thing that I suggest wherever you are is stop identifying with your circumstance. Start to observe your reaction to it. Oh, just take a deep breath right there with me. Stop identifying with the circumstance of right now and begin to observe your life and your reaction to it. 
Did you know, fun fact, that your breath is a reflection of your thoughts and vice versa? So even right now, just notice your breath. Like if you're holding your breath, right? If you go through life holding your breath or in a really shallow breath, that's because you are stressed and anxious and you are not living in the present moment. So just as your breath reflects your thoughts, we can reflect our thoughts to our breath. So if you take a few deep breaths right now in this moment, you're going to shift your thoughts from those of anxious and stressed out to those of present and peaceful and blissful right now in this moment. Just land here and take a few deep breaths. Observe yourself. We can do this practice right now, sitting where you're sitting, seeing what you're seeing, hearing what you're hearing, swishing your tongue around in your mouth, tasting what you're tasting and smelling what you're smelling. Just observe yourself in this moment. Put down the phone. Observe yourself in this moment. We have to begin to observe ourselves because that is the space that we create between a thought and an emotion and a circumstance and then our reaction to it, our attachment to it, all of the things. Yeah, so the first thing I did was observe myself. And then the second thing I wrote down was I started to hold my gaze longer. I started to hold my gaze longer. I started to slow down, romanticize. Like I said, I was going on these walks and not only was I looking up at the sky, but I was sitting down and looking up at the sky and just holding the space of that moment. There was nowhere I needed to be. I had to live so long thinking that I didn't have time to stop and look at the sky. And that meant that I needed to stop and look at the sky for as long as I, it takes until I didn't believe that limitation anymore. And I'm not just talking about putting down your phone because we'll get there too. I had this whole epiphany today. I'm talking about holding your gaze, holding your gaze in conversations, in your walks, in your work, in your presence, in your relationship, holding that gaze, long, long, long gaze, looking, observing, noticing. And moving into the phone, that's something else that I realized, how much I reached for social media and how much I was dopamine hitting myself by just staring at other people's highlights. And there was so much noise. And I've talked about this so much, but there's so much noise. You open up that phone and you get hit right away with opinions, projections, stories, people teaching you what they learned yesterday in a regurgitated and watered down version of someone else's story. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And you're looking at someone else's highlight. You're comparing your life. We know this, right? But we still do it. It's like, if you want to live differently, we have to do something different. Let's start with the freaking phones. Let's start with the freaking phones and at least creating limits around them. Again, how many podcasts have you heard? How many life hacks have you heard about not checking your phone in the morning? And so the first thing you do is roll over and look at your phone. Observe that about yourself. Why won't you put your phone away and get up and give yourself the first 10, 20 hour of your day? The, the best practice I've been doing is before I even wake up, before I even open my eyes, I am caressing and touching my body. <laughs> it's so sexy. Honestly, I love it. I'm just, I'm touching my throat, my shoulders, my body. I'm feeling all the way down myself because there's something powerful about telling my body that she is the priority today, that me, myself, and I, my health, my vitality, my relationship, my connection to me, my relationship to God comes before all of it. And all that is, is a quick caress. I'm showing myself how to love myself to the degree in which I want someone else to love me someday. Put away your phone. Give yourself more time. We spend so much time in consumption and we have got to switch that and spend more time in contemplation. So observe yourself, hold your gaze and put your phone the heck away. I'm going to talk about Hawaii now because this was such a tranquil experience. And actually, again, I don't have notes. I'm just going off the dome. So just walk with me down here. I hope you're finding this valuable and I'm going to keep giving you hacks. But in Hawaii, I was actually navigating a trigger. Something happened right before I went and I landed in the beautiful space of Hawaii and it was the ocean was freaking neon blue and the sand was 
just white without anything on. It was just the most beautiful thing in the moment. And I was there and I was present, but there was like this little angst in my body of, of an event that happened right before I got there. And instead of doing what I would have always done, which is just try to ignore the angst and be present and, and convince myself that that angst didn't need to happen and look how beautiful it is. And Brittany, how could you feel anything but peaceful here? And yada, 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 self-criticism. I have been observing myself. So I was like, huh, there's an angst here. What's going on? I want to be fully immersed in, in this present moment. So in order to do that, I know that I have to address this underlying feeling that's here. So I did that. I sat down on the beach. I asked my best friend for a few moments and I got clear on the angst. I felt the emotion. The first thing I did was feel that the emotion was anger. And let me tell you something. I am brilliant at processing emotions at this point in my life. I mean, it's all I do for myself and for my clients, but anger is the one emotion that I have had a harder time processing than any other. And it's because I've always been told that anger is irrational. Anger is dangerous. Anger is emotionally immature. Anger is scary, whatever. Right. And, and ladies don't do that. Right. If you're angry, then you're whatever. And so I was like, I just, I still have this relationship to anger and my ability to transcend and liberate it in my body. So I sat there on the beach. I got clear on what the anger was. It was a silly trigger that happened. And in my present evolved adult day self, but that my little girl was responding to because it used to hurt me as a child. And I took it as a form of disrespect as a little girl. And I felt the anger. I moved through the anger. And then I pushed my hands down into the sand as hard as I could. And I moved the anger through my body. And I did this beautiful sensual somatic release. And it was gone. And when I say it was gone, I don't mean like it was gone. It was gone. I, I processed the anger. I moved it. I forgave myself. I forgave this person. I moved it and alchemized it into the earth. And then I sat there like a little bit exhausted for a moment on the sand. Like, okay, I know how to process through these things now. I don't just disregard the emotion as it comes up. I stop. I take five minutes. And sometimes it takes a lot longer for me. It's, it's quick now because I've done this practice so many times and I felt through the anger. I knew exactly where it came from. I can picture myself at 15 years old. I know exactly the floor I was crying on when it happened. And I know exactly the evolved adult version of me that was responding from the same action that somebody else took on me. And then I released it into the earth. I alchemized it. I prayed to God and I trusted myself to move through it. So that was the first day in Hawaii. And then it just got more beautiful and better after that. I was just so humbled by the simplicity of the lifestyle that people live there. If you've ever been to Hawaii, you know that all you need is flip-flops and a swimsuit and you're pretty much set, right? And everyone that I was meeting were these beautiful locals that were scuba instructors and boat tours and all of these beautiful people and things that just live the most simple life. I even asked one of the new friends that I made, like, what's a perfect day in your life? And he said, I wake up for coffee, I go for a surf, I write my journal, I hang out with some friends, I go to the beach and I go home and I do it all over again. And you know, for some people that suit like that's fitting and that sounds amazing. And for other people, it and for other people it doesn't. That's not the point. I think the point is what I learned in Hawaii is if you can cultivate the feeling first, if you can feel so whole and liberated inside of your body, then the byproduct of that is going to be that perfect day, that perfect life, all of those things that you are after right now, all of those things that you are desiring to call in and that you want right away. We think that those things are going to bring us the feeling, but actually if we feel the feeling first, if we can observe ourselves and identify where in our life we are searching for those feelings and bring it back and redirect that energy in and towards ourself, those things are going to be a byproduct. Let me just show you how I know this. Let me just give you some evidence because for those of you listening that are like, what? I was in Hawaii and I had decided in that week that I wasn't going to work. I was going to post as it felt intuitive. And a few times I did want to post for quote unquote work, which is really just helping people understand and liberate and heal, which is beautiful. And I could do that all day. 
but I decided I was going to let go of this like angst or decision or need to move the needle forward for a week. I came home yesterday. I landed home. I got two new clients and I had a um, very high-end entrepreneur mastermind asked me to come lead breathwork for a very high ticket in California. They were going to fly me out there and basically fly me out to the beach to lead breathwork. And that didn't happen because I reached out and was hypervigilant and lead generating and I had all the system and processes. I swear to God, it happened because I was in alignment with myself. I had the feeling of abundance and then abundance came. And now we have to be careful with this because I know that it sounds like just sit and be in abundance and meditation posture. No, we have to take action. We, and this is the action, right? The action was I was dedicated to finding myself, finding fulfillment, finding wholeness, learning. I'm a student of this work always first. And when God sees me doing this work, he knows that I am equipped to lead others through it. So me doing the work on myself, me finding the sensations and the feelings that I think are outside of myself first creates the byproduct of those feelings and sensations amplifying and coming in because he sees me and he knows I'm working and I'm dedicated and I'm devoted and I held this promise to myself. I am here to do this. I'm here to go first. I am here to walk and to heal to the depths of as as deep as I can so that I can take others through that. And then, then the mere effect is that he gives me those people to heal and to move and to work through and to walk with. Oh, I see. I always want to be so quote unquote organized, but sometimes I just get passionate. I just want to remind people that it is not out there. It's not out there. Wherever you are, it's not out there. I know you're, it's in tomorrow. It's in the next day. You're like, oh, but you don't know my financial situation. And trust me, I do. Trust me. I've been there. I've been there, but if you can start to draw back, if you can start to become the observer of your life, if you can start to tune into God and the beautiful frequency and love that he has created and cultivated within your heart, and you can begin to communicate with him, you are going to trust yourself to a further degree. There is a really, really, really like 90% chance that I'm moving to Hawaii in August after a day of deciding and knowing and praying to God and him revealing to me that that could be true. And it's not because I'm going to go chase and hope that Hawaii gives me a feeling. It's because I feel so freaking whole and complete on my own that why wouldn't I give myself the opportunity to live in the most beautiful place in the United States, in my opinion? Of course, God wants me to take advantage of that. Of course, he's working through me and with me and fulfilling me. And he wants me to enjoy the beautiful and abundance of all of life that, like, right, right? Like if I would have moved to Hawaii from Denver because I was searching for fulfillment and I wanted a completion and I wanted to fill the void, then I would have gone to Hawaii and it would have been the same thing on a beautiful beach. But because I've come here and I've done this work and I'm doing this work and I'm walking and I'm finding fulfillment and self-love, I'm becoming the soulmate to myself. You can fly me anywhere in the world. You can fly me to Arizona. You can fly me to Kansas. You can fly me to Hawaii and I'm going to feel that feeling and I'm going to cultivate that feeling and good things are going to come to me because it's not about the external, it's about the internal. It has everything to do with the internal. The external is a beautiful byproduct. And if you can do the internal in a beautiful external environment, I highly suggest you do so. Take care of yourself, love yourself, but know that it's not out there. It's not in the things it's within. We hear that, we hear that, we hear that, but let's start acting like that, right? We'd better start moving like the creator of the universe, the one that hung the moon and the stars and speaks sunsets and sun rises into life is the same God that works in and through you and wants you to have that same beautiful interior. You better start moving that way, friends. You better start moving that way. Oh, I think I'm going to do a lot more of these. I kind of love these just coming on rants and just speaking life into people, relating to you, letting you know that it's a journey, that it's taken me ups and downs here and or there. It's 
it's been everywhere and it'll, it will always be that way. And if I'm on a high right now, I can expect a low tomorrow, but I don't look at them as highs and lows as much as I just look at them as beautiful opportunities in life to get to know myself better, to love myself better, and to move deeper into healing, understanding, fulfillment, and slowing down. There's nothing we can't handle when we slow down and become the observer of our life. I hope you found this episode helpful. I hope you feel inspired. I hope you are reminded that I'm here and I'm walking with you and that you're not alone and that God is one prayer away at all times. And if you found this episode helpful and there's a friend that you know or someone that needs a little lifting up, picking up, please send it their way. You liking, rating, and reviewing and sharing this podcast helps me spread the word. So I appreciate you so much and sending you all love and I'll see you next week.